I invite you to turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. As we continue our series through the book of Romans this morning, we come to Romans 8, verses 26 and 27. And before I read, I invite you to bow with me as we ask for the Spirit's anointing on his word this morning. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord God, as we come to your word this morning, I pray that you would fill us with your Spirit. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive the deep truths of your word and that they may be planted deep in us to bear fruit of transformation and change that would be for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. <clears throat> Romans 8, 26 to 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, or as some translations say, with groanings too deep for words or with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You may be seated. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, a video of a little boy went viral. And the video showed uh, the boy is about a, a toddler. He, he was in his room at night, and his mom had set up an, an Amazon Alexa or an Amazon smart speaker in his room so that he could, she could play uh, lullabies so that he could sleep at night. And, uh, but the boy woke up in the middle of the night, and in his distress, he, he, uh, he uh, uh, turns to Amazon's Alexa for help. So he called out, Alexa, I need daddy. But he didn't articulate all that well. He was just a toddler. And so the thing that Alexa picked up from his cry was the word add. And so uh, Alexa responded with a message, okay, what should I add? And the boy said, daddy. And Alexa replied, okay, I've added daddy to your shopping list. Is there anything else? And the boy said, nope. And he just sat there waiting for Alexa somehow to magically deliver his dad to him. In our, our moments of, of anguish and trouble, as Paul has been talking about suffering and, and glory in the context of creation and the context of believers, and so that's sort of the overarching theme, suffering and glory. And in, the, in our moments of anguish and trouble, sufferings and groanings, what a blessing it is that we don't have to call on artificial intelligence for help. If you were at the, the wedding reception, I, I, uh, I don't know if Webster's are here, but uh, Tim's uh, wedding speech incorporated a poem that was provided by, uh, by artificial intelligence, which I thought was, was brilliant and, and fantastic. 
Um, but thankfully, we don't have to rely on artificial intelligence for help in our spiritual lives and specifically in our prayers. We, we cry out to our living God in prayer. In our text this morning, Paul continues this theme of suffering and glory in the lives of believers. And so as we groan in suffering, longing for the redemption of our bodies, we, we bring our suffering to God in, in prayer. And we do this, Paul says, through the agency of the Holy Spirit. And so this, this will be a little bit of a, of a lesson on the, the role of a, a, sort of a specific subset of the role of the Holy Spirit in prayer. And we see the Spirit's role in prayer and really sort of a logical progression in this very short text, but a logical progression of three movements throughout these verses. And so we'll just kind of walk through it in that logical order. So Paul uh, begins, uh, the first thing that Paul says is that, is that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And the words, in the same way, connect these verses to the verses that came before, which we looked at last week. So Paul had said in the previous verses that we are sustained in our suffering through the hope of this future glory. That was kind of the, 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 the main theme last week, that we are sustained in our suffering through this hope of a future glory. And now Paul says, in the same way, we are also sustained in our suffering through the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. And when Paul says that the Spirit helps us, he is using a very uh, interesting Greek word. It's a fun Greek word to say. It's the Greek word, sinante lambanomai. Sinanti lambanomai. It's a compound word made up of three separate Greek words. Sin, meaning together with. Anti, meaning uh, in place of or for. And lambano, meaning to, to take or to bear. When you put it all together, the word refers to one who comes alongside another to join together in bearing a heavy load or burden. Uh, just to give you a little insight into the imagery behind the word, uh, the same word was used by, uh, by, the, uh, by, by Luke in his gospel. In that scene, if you remember when uh, Martha and Mary hosted Jesus in their home, and so Martha was all uh, anxious as she's going about the, the work and the preparations to be a good hostess. And Mary was just sitting at the feet, at, at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. And, and after a while, Martha got upset and, and she told Jesus, she said, you know, tell, tell Martha to sin uh, lambanomai. Tell Martha to, to help. And, and so the, what, what she was asking uh, was, was for Mary to come alongside of her. To, to labor beside her and to help to lighten the load. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. As our helper, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. He, he doesn't offer help from a distance. He doesn't give us armchair advice. He joins us in our suffering. And that this is one of the, the roles of the Holy Spirit. He, he helps us by coming alongside us. When, when Jesus promised uh, the Holy Spirit to his disciples in John 14, he, he said to them, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And, and the word advocate, it's a different word, but it really communicates the uh, it's not the same word as we find in Romans 8, but it communicates that same idea. It's another compound word, uh, uh, parakletos, or parakletos, which more colloquially is paraclete. Para meaning alongside, kletos from the word, Greek word kaleo, to call, so literally one who is called alongside to give aid. 
there really isn't a good word in English that, that, that adequately captures parakletos in Greek, and which is why translations abound. If you read different translations of this text in John 14, you'll find that the Holy Spirit is our helper, our advocate, our, our comforter, our encourager, our sustainer, our counselor. And, and all of these are, if you kind of put all of them together, you, you begin to kind of get at what, what the parakletos really is. I think one uh, Bible translator for language in Central Afri- Africa gets at the meaning pretty well when he, when he translates the word as one who falls down beside us. And, and, and if you, have, you have to understand the, the context behind that, that translation in the context of Central Africa. It was a quite a common thing to have somebody who was uh, uh, you know, a, a, a victim who had been who had collapsed alongside the road, and, and, and a helper is one who comes along and falls down beside that victim on the side of the road, kneels down beside the victim and cares for their needs and then carries them to safety. The Holy Spirit is our helper and our advocate, the one who falls down beside us. He comes alongside of us in our suffering. He helps us in our weakness. And this is, this is really true in, in a broad, general sense as, as one of the functions of the Holy Spirit. But, but here in Romans chapter 8, I think it has a more specific meaning. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, specifically in the arena of prayer. So Paul really defines what he means by weakness in, in this context in verse 24. He says, or verse 26, He says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And then here's what he means by weakness. For we do not know what we ought to pray for. And so our weakness in this context is that we don't know what we ought to pray for. We don't know the sovereign will of God. In our broken and fallen condition, we don't know what God is doing in and through the suffering. And sometimes isn't that so frustrating? We just, if we could just have a picture, if God could just write on the wall, if God could just sort of unveil, what is your, what's the end game here, God? What is it that you are doing in and through this time of trial? Because I can't, I can't see it. We don't know the sovereign will of God. We don't know what he is doing. We don't see the whole picture. As the prophet Isaiah said, we, we don't know the mind of the Lord, and his, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are, are higher than our ways. And so our weakness is our inability to know the sovereign will of God, and therefore our inability to pray as we ought. If, if, God, just, if God revealed everything to us, we would know exactly how to pray, because we know exactly what he is doing and where he is going and the purposes that he is accomplishing. But we don't see it, and therefore we don't know how to pray as we ought. Maybe some of you have heard the story about the little girl who was praying the Lord's Prayer one night, and when she got to the part of the prayer that says, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, she prayed what she thought the prayer said, lead us not into temptation, and deliver us some email. She obviously didn't get the words quite right. And that's... Uh, true of all of us to some extent. We, we, we all miss the mark in some way in our prayers. Paul says we don't know what we ought to pray for, or more literally, we don't know what we ought to pray. And sometimes, especially in times of struggle and suffering, we, 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 just, we can't find the words to pray at all. We don't have the depth of knowledge to understand, and we don't even have the strength to try to find out. 
We can do nothing but just sort of cry out with our own feeble mutterings and groans and sometimes just a cry for help and sometimes an inaudible cry for help is is the, the only and the best prayer that we can pray. And I wonder this morning, have, have you ever been there? Or maybe, or maybe you're, you're in that place right now. Yeah, have you ever been in a place so dark and so wearisome and so, and so troubling and so painful that you just couldn't find the words or even the strength to pray? I know I've, I've been there. A long time, marriage crumbles at the hands of infidelity. No, that's not what I'm talking about for me personally. It was the first example that came to my mind. A doctor delivers news of a diagnosis that, that turns your whole world upside down. A child faces unthinkable pain, and you as a parent wonder, how in the world, how in the world can I walk with my child through this? The loss of a loved one leaves a wound that just feels way too deep to bear. The career path that you're on takes a, it hits a major roadblock and, and everything is, is, is broken and you have no idea where to go from here. In these kinds of situations, we come face to face with our weakness in prayer. We don't know what we ought to pray for. And it's in these situations that, that Paul says the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us as our helper and our advocate. Which leads to the next movement in this logical progression of thought. Paul says the Spirit helps us in our weakness in this way by interceding for us with groans. He says that we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with with groanings too deep for words. Or, as I said, in some translations, with groans that words cannot express. And so we see that the connection here, our specific weakness is that we do not know what we ought to pray for, and the specific help that the Spirit gives is the help of intercession. And the word intercede is used only here in the New Testament. It's a a unique word, and the word has the sense, again, that sense of advocacy, of, of, of appealing to someone in power on behalf of somebody else. An intercessor is one who who pleads the case of another to one in power. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He he pleads our case to the Father. Paul says the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, with groans that words cannot express. And so we've seen the the groaning of creation as it waits for for the day of redemption. We've seen that the groaning of believers as we wait for the redemption of our bodies. And now we see the the groaning of the Spirit. But the groaning of the Spirit is not a groaning out of its own own anguish or, or struggle or suffering. The groaning of the Spirit is a groaning on our behalf. The idea here is that in our suffering and struggles, we we don't know the sovereign will of God, and so we don't know the right things to say in prayer, and sometimes our brokenness is so deep that we we can't find the words to express our deepest needs. We don't even know what our deepest needs really are, but the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He intercedes for us. He groans on our behalf using his own language of prayer to bring our inexpressible petitions to the Father. That, I think, is the sense of what Paul is driving at here, that these groanings of the Spirit are sort of his own prayer language to to, to sort of translate our deepest needs in a way that is consistent with the Father and what the Father understands and 
and desires to give. James Boyce offers the illustration of somebody helping you to move a piano. I don't know, has anybody ever moved a piano? I have a few times. They're heavy. <laughs> James Boyce, I heard a story about somebody who, I don't remember who this was, but somebody at this church before I was here who was moving a piano and they, they turned, it was in the back of a truck, and it fell out of the truck and the keys went all over the, all over the highway. So always tie a piano if you're going to move a piano in a truck. So anyway, James Boyce offers this illustration about somebody helping you to move a piano. And he says, he says this, suppose your helper is almost all talk and hardly any help. And so as you groan and stagger, your helper is saying, boy, this piano sure is heavy. And it's awkward too. I wonder why they make pianos so heavy anyway. I, I sure wouldn't want to do this very often. Maybe we should have hired a mover, a professional mover, to move the piano for us. Have you ever moved a piano before? And Boyce says that kind of chatter, that's the last thing that you need, if, 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 that you want to hear. If you're moving a piano, what, what, you don't want somebody to just keep rambling on. You want somebody who groans with you as you bear the burden. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He groans with us. He gives expression to our groanings with his own groanings, which words cannot express, but which the Father understands perfectly. And so in this way, the Spirit expresses those things that we feel but we cannot articulate, our, our deepest needs that we, we can't even identify, much less put into words. As one commentator put it, the Spirit is able to, communi com to communicate to God the needs that the inarticulate, distress-filled groanings of believers represents. So we see in this activity of the Spirit how, how gracious and how compassionate God is. This is just another, another dimension, another expression of God as our gracious and compassionate God. So deep is his love and concern for us that he, that he has sent the Holy Spirit to join us in our suffering, to groan with us in our groaning, and to translate our inarticulate longings into a language that the Father understands. And all of this, all of this to plead our case before the throne of God. Which brings us then to the, the final stage in this logical progression of Paul's thought. So we've seen that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And he helps us in our weakness by interceding for us with these groanings that words cannot express. And we see now that the Spirit intercedes for us in accordance with the will of the Father. Paul says in verse 27 that he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, we see in these words the intimate relationship between God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. It is the Father who searches our hearts. We see that all throughout Scripture that God is the one who searches the hearts of, of humanity. And it's the Holy Spirit who dwells inside within the hearts of believers. And because they are one, that the Spirit knows completely the Father, as we see it elsewhere in Scripture as well, the Spirit understands the mind of God. And, and the Father knows completely the Spirit because they are one. And so Paul says that the, that the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God the Father. You see, our, our own prayers and groanings may not be in line with the will of God. Have you ever prayed for something that you found out later, man, I'm really glad that God did not answer that prayer. 
Sometimes our groanings and our prayers are not in line with the will of God. We, we may want things that God wouldn't want us to have because, that he wouldn't grant because they're not consistent with his sovereign purpose for our lives. There's, a, there's an old country song about that by Garth Brooks. It just popped into my head. Um, now I'm going to forget it. <laughs> um, what? Yes, unanswered prayers. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. It's about he's, he's at a football game or whatever with his new wife, and he sees his old flame from high school. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> and, and he sees his old flame, and, and he realizes, man, I'm so glad that... Because that, he says, I had prayed and prayed and prayed that I would be with that, this woman forever, and now I'm so thankful that God didn't answer that prayer. Anyway, that was a, that was a, that was a rabbit hole. But <laughs> sometimes we pray for things that God wouldn't and doesn't grant because it's not consistent with his sovereign purpose for our lives. But the Holy Spirit sifts through our, our sort of wrong-headed mutterings and, our, and our, our misguided petitions, and he gets to the heart of the issue of what we really need, and he presents that need to the Father. God answers the prayers that we should have prayed but didn't pray. He turns our deep longings and groanings into petitions that line up perfectly with the will of the Father. And this is such a, a beautiful picture of, 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 again, of God's grace in the lives of believers. And we see here not only then the intimacy between the Father and the Spirit, but we also see the intimacy between the Spirit and believers. The Spirit knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows how to petition the Father in just the way that gets to the heart of our deepest needs. As one commentator says, he translates our groanings and conforms them to God's will. What a deep comfort it is to know that our prayers don't have to be perfect. And we don't have to find just the right words. And well, sometimes we're going to ask for the wrong things. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he brings petitions on our behalf that are in line with the sovereign will of God. And as this divine dance of prayer continues, then we, we, we learn and grow in our, in our prayers as well. One preacher said it's kind of like learning to play the violin by listening to classical music on the radio and then playing along as you listen. I've never played violin. It looks hard. Um, but so it may get that picture in your head. If you listen to music on the radio, listen to classical music on the radio, you know the pieces that are coming and you get your violin, you buy the music ahead of time. And when that song comes on, you try to play along. And he says, when you first start, you're, you're not good at all. <laughs> you make all kinds of mistakes. But he says, your mistakes don't change what is coming in over the radio. Right? The, the music on the radio just rolls on in perfect harmony and tempo. And over time, you begin to change. You begin to improve. And, and you get better week by week and year by year until you can actually, after a long time, play along pretty well. And it sounds not all that different. It sounds quite consistent with what's coming out of the radio. And he says that's what our prayers are like. We, we make many mistakes and many wrong notes, but our wrong notes and our mistakes don't change the real intercession that the Spirit brings to the Father. And over time, our own prayers begin to be more and more in tune with the intercessions of the Spirit. And so to summarize, what, what Paul is saying in this text is that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And he helps us by interceding for us with groans too deep for words. 
and his intercessions on our behalf are in accordance with the will of God. And so in this way, God is continually, you know, out of his own grace and mercy and kindness, God is continually providing for us and continually listening to our groanings and continually meeting our deepest needs for those who are in Christ. And in the end, this intercession of the Spirit is then a perfect complement to the intercession of Christ. We know from Scripture, and we're much more familiar, I think, with the intercessory work of Christ. We know from Scripture that Christ is our great high priestly intercessor that, that who sits at the right hand of the Father, as the writer of Hebrews says, who, who always lives to intercede for us and you know, to, to give us assurance of our salvation. But we see here in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit is also our intercessor. So Christ is our intercessor in the realm of salvation in the court of heaven. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor in the realm of prayer in the theater of our own hearts. And together, what a beautiful symphony of intercession that is. In his book, uh, How to Pray, Peter Gregg writes about a time when he was traveling back to his home in England and he got stranded in Chicago. And so he wouldn't be able to fly until later the next day. And so he just offered a, a quick prayer to God. Now he's got this long, this big chunk of time. And he says, he offered a quick prayer to God saying, you know what, God, help me to know what to do in this, in this time of, of, of during this, this delay that I have. Help just guide me in how I should spend that time. And as he prayed, a, a friend came to his mind. And the friend's name was Joe. And he lived in Madison, which is only about an hour and a half or so from Chicago. And so he sent Joe a text asking if he could crash on his couch. Just kind of out of the blue. You know, a friend I hadn't seen in a while, but, you know, I'll just send him a text. Now, what Peter didn't know was that Joe had just received some horrible news. And his wife had just asked him, literally in these words, who do you wish that you had on your couch right now? And, and, and you know, it, it, meaning, you know, who, who do you wish could be here to, to be a comforting presence to you? But that, that's the language that she, that she used. Who do you wish you had on your couch right now? And Joe had replied, he said, you know, I know this is going to sound crazy because I haven't seen him in a really long time, and he lives way over in England. He's never even been to our home, but for some reason, I wish that Peter was on my couch right now. And it was only moments, literally moments after saying those words that he got a text from Peter saying, can I come crash on your couch? I think that story illustrates the intercessory work of the Spirit. That he helps us in our weakness. He knows our deepest needs. And even when we don't know what to pray for, and even sometimes when we don't pray at all, he intercedes for us to meet our deepest needs in accordance with the sovereign will of God. To God be the glory. Let's bow together. Lord God, we praise you for your compassion and your grace. We praise you, O Lord, for this, your, your work of intercession, which we see so clearly through Christ as our great high priest, and we see in this text so, so clearly in the role of the Holy Spirit, who intercedes for us in the, in the realm of prayer, to meet our 
deepest needs and to come alongside of us in our groanings and our sufferings and when we can't even pray what we ought to pray and can't find the words and maybe can't even find the strength to pray at all. Lord, what a gift of grace. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, our helper, our comforter, our encourager, the one who comes alongside of us to help bear the burdens to join us in our sufferings and in our groanings and to offer his own groanings to give proper translation to our deepest needs and petitions. Father, I pray that in this time of silent prayers as we prepare for communion, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And if we are in a state of groaning, I pray, O Lord, that your Spirit, even in this moment, would join us in our groaning and would bring our broken and unutterable and sometimes faulty petitions and refine them and conform them and transform them and translate them into petitions that the Father hears and is happy to answer. Lord, hear our silent prayers as we prepare for communion this morning. Father, as we prepare to come forward and to take the body of Christ and the blood of Christ who was shed for us, we praise you, O Lord, for your deep love. Your love that exercises compassion on us in our suffering and in our groaning. We praise you, O Lord, for the work of Jesus Christ as our great high priest who's at your right hand interceding for us. And we praise you for the work of the Holy Spirit who is within our own hearts interceding for us in prayer, coming alongside of us in our groanings, serving as our advocate and our helper, our sustainer, our encourager, our comforter, our translator. Oh Lord, we offer ourselves to you in all of our brokenness and all of our deepest needs and our longings and our groanings and we praise you, O oh Lord, that we have an advocate in the spirit who groans with us, who joins us in our suffering and who takes our petitions to the Father. Lord, what an amazing God you are. We worship you, we honor you, and I pray that you would fill us with your spirit now. In Jesus' name, amen.